You are listening to the Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 150. This is the Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At the Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing, and you should too. Well, hello everyone. My name is Scott Wellens, and I'm your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. Now, this is a show dedicated to helping real people, that is you, my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, a fiduciary, an educator, a wealth advisor, and it is is great to see you today. In today's episode is what accounts should I consider if I want to save more? But before we get to the topic of the day, I got some good news and I got some bad news. Well, even before I get to that, if you've been a longtime listener, it would be so awesome if you would subscribe to the Best in Wealth podcast at the little iTunes Apple podcast app and leave a review for Best in Wealth. It will get us a chance for many other people to hear the podcast and we together can turn them into family stewards just like us. And if you're a new listener, welcome to the Best in Wealth podcast. Now to the good news and the bad news. First, the not so good news. The U.S. economy has plunged to a record-breaking 32.9 loss. The quarter contracted by 32.9% or the economy did in the second quarter. Now, this is two consecutive quarters of economic contraction, which means or is the very definition of a recession. So we are in the thick of it. Well, when will it end? (laughs) That would be a great one if we knew how to answer that. Well, economists and experts agree that the economy will not recover until the coronavirus is contained. And how are we going to contain it? Well, herd immunity, treatment for COVID-19, or a vaccine, or maybe a combination of the three. And it's anyone's guess on when one of those might happen. I mean, we've been hearing some great news about vaccinations that were in the third phase of trials with at least one or more of the potential. So there is hope. And what's the government doing to help this whole thing? Well, you know, a few weeks ago, they passed the CARES Act, which was a $2 trillion infusion into the economy. And now they're working on another stimulus plan that could be another trillion dollars. And then the Fed, of course, lowered interest rates to zero. And they said they're going to keep it that way for the foreseeable future. So those are the kinds of things that are helping prop things up when things are looking really bad, like a 32.9% contraction of the economy. So that's what the government's doing, though. What can you do to help 
Well, the biggest thing that you can do to help is to spend money. But of course, only spend money within your means. That's for sure. And this has nothing to do with what the podcast title is about, but that's about the only way that we can help right now. And that's all the bad news. What about the good news? Well, if you have been listening to this podcast for a long time and you have your portfolio set up and you're retired, that you have a bunch of short-term, very short-term bonds to live off of as we go through this recession, well, you're in pretty good shape. But a lot of us that listen to this aren't retired. Well, there's such good news for you as well. If you are saving, now opposite of helping the economy out, but the more that you're saving in your retirement plans and other things that I'm talking about or going to talk about in this show, well, you could just be in the greatest position possible by throwing a whole lot of money into your financial freedom when markets are down and then when they recover, all of that money will enjoy the recovery. Let's get to the topic of the day. All right, here we go. What accounts should I consider if I want to save more? So again, this is not going to help the economy. Helping the economy means that you're going to spend every last penny that you have. In fact, helping the economy is that you'll go into debt and spend as much money as possible. That will certainly help out the economy. However, that's not what I suggest. I do suggest if you got projects, things like that, spend some money. While you're staying at home, you want to be comfortable. Just don't think about things like buying a pool because there aren't available or renting an RV because they're not available. In fact, I heard from a client yesterday that even finding outdoor lawn furniture is getting very, very difficult. But we're family stewards and we know that the economy will recover. We also know that if we save more now when the market's down, throwing more money in, we have a much better chance for financial freedom sooner. And there's several asset classes that are still heavily punished, like value and small and real estate and developed countries and emerging countries, all sitting very negative right now. The only thing that seems to be around even is the S&P 500, and that's because Netflix, Amazon, Google, Apple, and Facebook are driving that. Now, we can't put all our money into those five companies because we all know what happened back in 2001 and 2002. Those large, growthy tech companies took a big fall. We want to be investing in these asset classes that are depleted right now that actually do better in the long run than the S&P 500. It just is not happening right now. And it makes sense because we're in a recession right now. So what accounts should I consider? Well, I'm going to go through a bunch of them. And if you have questions about them, please email me, scott at fortressplanninggroup.com. In fact, head to the website and set up a quick 15-minute conversation if you have any questions about what I'm going to go through. And before we even consider saving more, if you have debt, well, We want that debt to be gone before you start saving in a bunch of these accounts that I'm talking about. Debt is not your friend. If you have debt, it's so difficult to save a lot of money to reach financial freedom. 
And with a lot of people, there's two things going on. One, either you make an incredible amount of money and good for you. So I'm going to give you a lot of different places where you should be saving your money. But the opposite of that, those making more of a modest income, I have friends and clients that are saving 30 to 50% of their income because they're living below their means. And this is for you as well. This podcast is for the super savers, which I want us all to be. So once that debt is gone, well, now we need to get into our foundational savings and that's our emergency fund. So if you don't have an emergency fund and you have extra money to save every month, that's the first place that it could go. If you're married and both spouses are working, research shows having a three months emergency fund is adequate. If you're single and you lose your job, you can't rely on a spouse that puts you in a worse position. Now we want to make sure you have six months of savings in your account. And if you're a high income earner or an entrepreneur, you may want to set aside 18 months of living expenses to take advantage of job mobility and business opportunities, things like a down market. Everybody's different when it comes to your foundational savings, but we have to make sure that it's in place. And consider if you're getting a really low interest rate at your bank to look at some of the online banks. All right, once we get the foundational savings, now we move to healthcare savings. And there's a couple things we want to think about when it comes to healthcare and savings. Number one, if you have a flexible spending account, that's a great place to put away pre-tax money when you know you're going to be spending money on medical expenses. The only thing with an FSA account, and I believe you can put in 2750 this year, the only thing is you have to spend it by the end of the year. Some FSA accounts allow you an extra three months. Some others allow you to hold over like 500 bucks. But for the most part, you got to spend it in the year that you put it away. It's good for medical expenses, dental expenses, and vision care. For my wife, whenever we were at the end of a year, she loved it when we had extra money in our FSA account because it meant new glasses for her. The even better account to be saving in is if you are in a high deductible health care plan that you have an HSA account. And if your employer doesn't sponsor one for you, you can go open one at a bank or even online. You just need to make sure that your health plan is a high deductible plan and then you can have a health savings account. And if you're single, you can contribute thirty five. dollars this year, married or a family, $7,100. And these accounts are awesome because they help your current year taxes. They come out pre-tax, you save money. And then when you spend money on medical, there's no taxes. You don't pay any money on earnings, nothing like that. And you can carry over as much of a balance as you want. And if that balance starts to grow because you're staying healthy, well, now you can invest the money as well, almost like a 401k plan. And finally, if all of a sudden you figure out that you got hundreds of thousands of dollars in your account years and years from now, 
You don't even have to use the money on health care. As long as you're 65, you can take that money out. It acts like an IRA now. You need to pay taxes just like in your 401k, your regular 401k when money comes out if the money's not used for medical. But think about it. You're going to be spending a lot of money on medical throughout your many, many years on this great earth. So that's healthcare savings. From healthcare, we move to retirement savings. If you're working for an employer that offers a 401k plan, 19,500 can go in in 2020. And guess what? If you're age 50 or over, you can contribute up to $26,000 in your 401k plan. Now, totally separate from a 401k plan, is an IRA contribution. Now, different than a 401k plan, you can only make so much money in order to contribute to an IRA or to a Roth IRA. I should back up a little bit. You can make as much as you want and contribute to an IRA, but if you make too much, you're not going to get the tax break up front. It's going to be considered a non-deductible IRA. And when money is in there in a non-deductible IRA, money, any growth still grows tax-free. However, when you take money out, any money that you put in that was a non-deductible IRA, you're going to get back without having to pay taxes. Any growth on that non-deductible IRA, you will pay taxes. So it's not a great thing unless we can do things like backdoor Roths, which I'm going to talk about in a second. Now, in a Roth, as a family, you can make a little over $200,000 of taxable income and still contribute to Roth IRAs. In Roth IRAs this year, you can contribute $6,000. If you're 50 and over, you contribute $7,000. So think about that. That's a lot of money that can be put away in a year when you're talking about 7100 in an HSA account, 19500 or more if you're 50 or over in a 401k, another six or 7000 in an IRA. That's really starting to add up. Now, when it comes to the IRA contributions, if you're over the limit, you can only make so much money to contribute to these IRAs. There's a couple of neat tricks. One is the backdoor Roth, and I'm not going to get into all of the specifics here, but if you make a non-deductible contribution to an IRA because you're a high income earner, we can then turn around and roll that into a Roth IRA because there is no income restriction there. I'm not suggesting that you do it because there's other rules involved. In fact, if you have other IRAs, then you may not be able to transfer that non-deductible IRA and fully get the advantage of if you didn't have an IRA. So be very careful. And if you have questions, again, you know, go to Best in Wealth, schedule a 15-minute call. Would be happy to clarify some of this stuff for you since I'm talking about a lot of numbers. The other thing that a lot of people have no idea about is called the mega backdoor Roth. What is that, you say? Well, if you contribute 19500 to your 401k and you're under 50 and you're a really high income earner, well, you max out. You can't contribute anymore. However, there might be two things that will allow you to make a higher contribution. 
if your 401k plan, and before I say this, you need to know very few 401k plans allow this, but it's worth looking into. If your 401k plan, number one, allows after-tax contributions, and number two, allows in-service withdrawals on those after-tax contributions at least once a quarter while you're still working, you have the potential for a mega backdoor Roth. And with a mega backdoor Roth, you can actually put in about $35,000 that you can then convert to a Roth IRA backdoor every single year. It's amazing if you're a real high income earner, but it gets complicated. So you know where to find me if you have questions. Those are the basics of the retirement plans. But listen, that's a lot of money that you can put away. But what if you still have more? Well, look into your employer benefit plans because your employer might offer an employee stock purchase plan. You need to be working for a publicly traded company and then that company offering something like this, but it could be worth taking advantage of. And if you're a business owner, now we have a whole lot of other things that we can do. We can open up things like a SEP IRA where you can contribute over $50,000 if you make enough money. We can set up solo 401ks. We can set up 401k plans. There's a lot of doors that we can open if you are a business owner. And after we've fully taken advantage of all the retirement plan possibilities, well, now we look to the future generations. Now we'll start thinking about our kids and coming up with a plan to help them with college. So if you have extra savings, we need to consider opening up a 529 plan. Because a 529 plan, we can put a lot of money away. Now, keep in mind, this is all post-tax money, but a lot of states offer state tax deductions for contributing to a 529 plan. There's a lot of different opinions about how much schooling you might want to help your kids out with. Do you think they're even going to go to school? There's a lot to plan out when it comes to 529 plans. Plus, sometimes one spouse has one idea of how much they want to help their kid out with college and another spouse has a different idea. So it's about compromising. Maybe you want to pay for half of your kid's college. Maybe you want to pay for all of it as long as they do certain things like good grades or maybe have a job at college. Something that some incentives to keep them motivated. A lot of parents are scared that they're going to pay for their kid's college and they're just going to mess it all up, not care about college, not take it as serious as they should because they're not paying for it. There's a lot of emotions to get through because there's still the family of origin. If your mom and dad paid for college, well, maybe you want to pay for college. Or maybe they didn't, so now you think maybe you shouldn't. A lot goes into play, a lot of discussion, but planning on college accounts is important because college is so darn expensive. And understanding the ins and outs of 529 plans is so important. If I haven't done an episode on that, I'm going to look back because I need to, because there's a lot of misinformation out there about 529 plans that you need to know to make sure that you're doing all the things you can when you're considering saving for in other accounts like 
529 plans. Once you have that figured out, I mean, you are going crazy. You got the 401k plan just jamming. You got your HSA plan jamming. You got your emergency fund. Where else can you invest? Well, there are a couple of options. One are, and I hate to say it, but annuities. (laughs) Now, I don't sell annuities. The majority of annuities I would always discourage against. But there are new annuities that have propped up in the last few years that our advisor sold with really low commissions and with no surrender charges. And you can put money away after tax and then the money grows tax-free. And when you take it back out, all of those gains are now like income. Probably not your best move, but it is available. What I suggest when you have extra money after everything that we talked about is to open up a brokerage account. If you have an extra $500 or $1,000 or $5,000, let's open a brokerage account and start saving there. It's so important. See, a lot of people, once they max out their 401k, they just start saving in the bank. And now they got to Savings account of 50000 100000 200000 And they're making 1% or less on that money when they don't have any immediate plans for it. Let's get it invested for your financial freedom. And furthermore, it allows you to diversify your buckets of money. As we're investing, we have money in our Roth bucket. We have money in our tax-deferred bucket. Let's get money in our taxable bucket. Because for those folks that have retired early, before age 65, before Medicare kicked in, they have a tremendous opportunity to get low health care the way the rules are right now. Because you can have a large brokerage account of 500 or a million dollars and live on that for 10 years. And when you do that, the doors open up for you. Number one, cheaper health care potentially. Number two, if you have a really little money in your Roth bucket because you're such a high income earner, well, these years that you're retired early and you're not collecting social security and you're not forced to take required minimum distributions, now's the time to start your Roth conversions and get on that plan. When you have a large brokerage account, you are sitting in a situation where you can really take advantage of taxes and healthcare. And if you have questions about any of this, I want you again to reach out. Go to bestandwealth.com. Schedule just a quick introductory meeting. If you don't want to be a client, that's fine. If you just have a couple of questions, would love to talk to you real quick and help you with a couple of these quick little things that could really propel you into one awesome retirement. All right, there you have it. The accounts that you should consider if you want to save more. This is a podcast for those people that are high, high income earners that really want to knock it out of the park and save as much as they possibly can so you can hit financial freedom as soon as possible. This podcast is also for the people that are living well below their means and are saving a great deal of money. And there's 
many different options like we went through with healthcare, foundational savings, retirement accounts, tax deferred annuities, brokerage accounts, college accounts. You know who else this podcast is for? Those people that are listening that might be in some debt right now that are motivated, number one, to get the heck out of debt, and number two, to use your abilities to make more money so you can save more and hit financial freedom sooner rather than later. Because being financially free means the stress rolls off your shoulders. Being financially free does not mean you need to quit your day job. You might love your day job, but there's nothing better in the world than walking into work, not because you have to, but because you want to. That is what financial freedom is all about. It's all about doing things on your terms and not doing things because you have to do them. Not going to work on Monday morning because you absolutely have to have that paycheck. That is stress because in this environment right now, we are all stressed that we don't know what's going to happen to our jobs. And that's why it's our job as a family steward to get to financial freedom as soon as possible. I hope you all have one heck of a weekend and week and I will see you all on the flip side. Bye-bye, everyone. The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.